The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Now we are interviewing in person one of my very favorite people. He's been on our show many times before, Larry Poneman. Dr. Larry Poneman, he is the founder and director of the Poneman Institute. We, his, he walks on water for us, and we know how wonderful he is. But I'm just going to give a little introduction. We have a lot more about him on our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. But just so you know, the Poneman Institute is dedicated to independent research and education that advances responsible information and privacy management practices with business and in government. And their mission is to conduct high-quality empirical studies on critical issues affecting the management and security of sensitive information about people and organizations. And we have Larry sitting with us here. He's also at the IAPP, and so is his trusty, wonderful, wonderful co-researcher, Susan. And uh, Susan Jason is here looking on, and so is Lloyd. So I sh- I'm going to take a picture of them afterward and put it up, too. But, Larry, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're very busy here. Just came from talking about the smart grid. Thank so, you, Mari. It's great to be here with you again. Yeah. So why don't you tell us, we, we just spoke a little bit ago with the privacy office, the Privacy Commissioner of of Ontario, Mm -hmm. and Anne was talking about what they're doing with the Privacy by Design for the Smart Grid, but I thought it would be really helpful for you to actually talk to us about, (coughs) clarify what is the Smart Grid. Okay, well, great. And firstly, I I think Anne Kavukian and her work on privacy by design is unbelievably wonderful and important. And basically, the smart grid is an area of potential concern to people because there are privacy implications, but it basically has some real benefits to our society, to our nation, because it's all about getting better information on energy consumption. And the idea is that we can make this whole system connect rather than someone having to read your meter and get on your uh, in your property and having your dogs bark. Uh, your three dogs yeah. and my one dog. <laughs> which is a which is always a bad scene. Now you could put a little device on your home and basically 
some wireless capabilities are built into that device, and it could be read by a driving car, uh, by a satellite. But in, the, in, in any event, it's much, much more efficient to capture information. That's number one. Number two, equally important, instead of just getting one reading per month or per quarter, you're, you have instantaneous feedback on what you're doing right as a consumer and how to save, how to become um, consumption smart on, on utilities. So you'd be able to go into the, the Internet site and see how much you've used let's say, per month and decide that instead of washing clothes during the peak of the day, you might want to wash them right before you go to bed or something like that. Exactly. So, for example, if you have an electric car, which could be an expensive proposition if you charge it at peak uh, times of the day, you could actually find a time that would result in very, very um, substantial cost reduction for for you in terms of your automobile. But this could be true for your washing machine, your refrigerator, your hair dryer, your vacuum. So any any appliance, um, any place in the home where you can, in fact, improve your energy consumption, that's really what the grid is going to tell us. But the grid then connects your home and it actually collects information not only at the individual level but at the household level and it's information that would be accessible not just by the power utility but by other players for example google might be involved in taking some of your personal information and connecting it to your energy consumption information which is another form of personal data and that might be um, information that's interested interesting to marketers who are trying to sell you a more efficient appliance um, it might be information that um, you know theoretically an insurance company might want to know they might be able to detect whether an appliance is burned out not because it was somehow defective but you plugged it into the wrong outlet so there will be other parties that would have the potential to basically look inside your house vis-a-vis the energy consumption, make assumptions about what you're doing right or wrong. Right. And I think then there are some privacy implications that start to emerge as a result of that potential prying, kind of that secondary use of your information. And all this information would be uh, shared and perhaps sold, and, and that's, oh, yeah. that brings up all the privacy implications. Well, firstly, when you think about a power utility, you don't go crazy from a privacy perspective. because Not until now. <laughs> not, not until now. So you say, oh, okay, those guys, they probably know my name. They give me an account number. I have to pay my bill, so they might even have like a credit card on file or debit card, and that's it. Or bank account, they know. Yeah, yeah so, but, like but they're okay. They're old-fashioned. They're not going to do cr- wild and crazy things with my personal information, but now they're going to be the source of information that could be tied to all sorts of information from websites, from location tracking devices, so it's all going to be just one blob of information, and this interconnectivity also has a two-way element. For example, there's not just the information privacy, but there's privacy in your personal space. Yes, now this is like your home. This is the last bastion of of a place that's supposed to be our sacred private place. Can you imagine a situation where, you know, the utility company calls you and they say, you know, your home is too warm. It's 73 degrees. It can't be more than 69 degrees. And they keep on calling you. This is really annoying. And after a while, they give up on you, and then they just control your thermostat so you're trying to get it to 73 degrees but it's like 69 and that's it that's the upper limit i mean the probability of that happening is pretty low but there's the potential not necessarily utility companies but government organizations um, other third-party companies that will be able to control what you do now that you do for as a in a a free and fair way suddenly those choices will not be made by you the consumer and you don't have that control and i'm thinking about this aunt of ours who is on oxygen 
And, you know, if you cut down the electric for a period of time, it might affect her the equipment that she has. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's the issue of annoyance. I don't want Big Brother in my home, but there's also health yeah. issues, right. and there could be mistakes made. Uh, so there are all sorts of potential problems that need to be thought of today, and that's why privacy by design is so important. Yes. Right now, it's not a big privacy issue, in my opinion. No. Does it have the potential to be a disaster? Absolutely. And that's why da-da-da-da, privacy by design, <laughs> let's design it right today and make sure that these problems are low probability, really low probability events. We need to be making those decisions right now. So tell us about this wonderful study that you did about oh, the smart grid. Oh, gosh, I, I, I think it's pretty neat, but I'm biased. Yeah. Well, I'm biased, too. Well, th this study is sponsored by AT&T, but we did this work, as we always do. We're ruthlessly independent. So we did the work. We're interested in the work, and we're very pleased that it's funded. Um, but basically, what we found in this research is a whole bunch of interesting things. Firstly, we find that, in general, people don't know what the smart grid is. Remember that original question? So tell us, what's the smart grid? Yes. And I told you kind of features of it, but if you go to the Department of Energy website, you would think, of course, they have a clear and concise definition of the smart grid. No, they don't. Mm. Wikipedia, no, it doesn't exist. Smart grid is sometimes defined as a whole bunch of things. It's not just electric utility. It could be gas and water. Sometimes it's defined more narrowly just around electricity. Right. Sometimes it only includes utility and maybe the telecom company that is responsible for collecting your information. So all of this would be on there? Yeah, it could be. I didn't realize. So I, I guess I thought, and you know, I guess yeah. I thought it was pretty much just electric, but it's, you're it, saying it, all it, the utilities. All the utilities can be connected. Um, water, scarier. gas, and it is scarier. Um, and then, of course, you know, the information it has to travel through some mechanism, and mo mobility is kind of driving this. So again, telecom companies would have that information mm. for a period of time. And then there would be companies that would provide services, you know, third-party companies, even, even Google might be able to say, here, navigate your energy consumption. And mm. so now Google has all of that other stuff about you. Right. Now they have information about your household. So what we did is we did this research to try to understand whether people really were thinking about the privacy issue, whether they're even concerned about it. And to start off, we asked the question, do you know anything about the smart grid? And more than half of the people who agreed to take the survey said no. Yeah, and so if you don't know even what it is, how can you make you an informed choice about absolutely. anything? They, yeah, they, and so we the, that half, that fifty-one percent of our sample, they left because we said, okay, <laughs> you're no longer know. interesting to us. The forty-nine that uh, percent that did continue. Then we asked the question: Did you have a smart meter? put on your home, because really the smart grid starts with a meter, a little device that connects to your house. And I think probably about a third said yes. Oh, so that's why they knew. Yeah. yeah. A third said no, and then a third said unsure. Hmm. Well, that was an interesting finding, unsure. How do you be unsure about it? But the thing is, they put it on in the middle of the night, they sneak on your property. You don't even know whether or not someone is putting on a smart meter. It just happens one day. And the reason is there's a... Gosh, that's real transparent, well, huh? Well, the guy who goes to your house and reads the meter, in yes. theory, that meter is not something you own. You don't buy that meter. It's actually a device owned by the utility company. Right. So they're just swapping out a device with another device. They're not thinking about all of these issues. They certainly don't... Then we ask the question, Question. If you knew that they installed it, so you're in that 34, 33% category, 
did they did the utility company tell you about it? Did they explain how it works and why it's good? And most people said, nada, no. It did, there was no communication. <laughs> it just showed up one day. So I think the moral of the story, even starting up before we got to the questions on privacy, is that there just seems to be so much confusion, lack of understanding about the smart meter, the smart grid, and all of these associated elements. Okay, so that was part one. Then after we figured out who was knowledgeable enough to answer our questions, we found that the people who were really knowledgeable, because we had three levels of knowledge, we had little knowledge, some knowledge, that's not great, but then a high level of knowledge. And the high level of knowledge folks basically were the most concerned about privacy. Mm -hmm. We asked the question, would it increase, do nothing, or decrease, diminish your privacy? the number one response was diminish privacy, but that number went up significantly when people had a lot of knowledge about the smart grid. So that's evidence. It's like, it, it may be prima facie evidence as a lawyer, but it's evidence that suggests the people in the know are starting to think about privacy issues, which I think is very important. Yes. So so what were their major concerns? Do, oh, did, they, did they really get it? Yeah, I think they were concerned about a whole bunch of things. In fact, you'll hear some flipping of pages here. But basically what we found is that um, people were concerned about um, the energy company having information about where you might be in your home, like for example, if you're using a hair dryer, you're probably in your in your bathroom. Um, if you're in the if you, the washing machine is turning, you're probably somewhere near the washing machine. So there's that kind of information about your household consumption, and that could somehow be used to determine whether you're in the house. You know, maybe you're on a trip, or you're not in the house. So that was a, that was an important consideration. Um, in general, what we were people were less concerned about the electric company doing something really silly like selling your information and where the information ending up in the hands of an identity thief. Mm -hmm. In their mind, the energy consumption really doesn't lead to identity theft problems, although it could. It could. But in their mind, it wasn't as big a concern as other data elements. They were more concerned about actual burglary? Burglary, someone breaking <clears throat> into their house because it was basically an indication that someone was away on a trip or you mm -hmm. know, they were at work, for example, and the thermostat was turned down. So it was more about the, the home in invasion issue um, also concerned about government. We were really interested to see the, the concerns that people somehow feel that if government has access to this information, then you know they can put you on a list, and right. you could be the bad energy consumer. Instead of getting a green, high green mark, you get a, a low red mark, and that means something, or maybe additional taxes if you're viewed as being excessive user of utilities. So for whatever reason... Right, like if somebody has a home office and it's maybe in one room, they might yeah. wonder about what's going on in that room or something. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe they see a small closet and they think it's marijuana growing. You know, that came I up. I mean, seriously. I, no, that I mean, came seriously. up in our session here. And, and it came up during the study. We interviewed a whole bunch of folks after they completed the survey. And they said, yeah, you know, if you have that now, not just a, a reading on March and a reading in, in, in February and a meter reading in January. So you have three data points. Now you could look at energy continuously. And so somewhere between 11 and 12 o'clock, there's this huge spike, what's going on? It could be marijuana or mm -hmm. you know, some other illegal drug that you're growing. Right. And are they going to ask you about that? Are they going to come and investigate you? Sure. And that's that's an issue of like, where is the expectation of privacy in your home? Where did it, that go? Exactly. So 
now suddenly we have more information that could be used for the good, right? This information might actually help you save money. It might be good for the environment, all of that good stuff. And I'm a big believer in that. That's great. But it's also information if in the wrong hands, even by government or the wrong hands like criminal, it could become a big problem for people. Right. So the energy companies, these sleeping, you know, nice little companies that you do business with, they're now in the privacy business. And they haven't been in the privacy business. Yeah. They've been in the security business for years and years, but they've never been in the privacy business. Absolutely. But even security is a big problem here. It's kind of interesting. The smart meters that are installed on homes, they are the cheapest possible device and they went the cheap El Cheapo route uh-huh. because you know that's another thing the devices the old clunkers yes. they're 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 still pretty expensive to make um, they're made right. in the United States well no longer now we have smart meters usually made in China and these smart meters are just very very inexpensive and the, and as a result they potentially create security nightmares. And maybe er- errors for billing. Well, errors for billing. So, for example, you can hack into one of these. Right, I was just going to say, probably so easy you could to say, hack well, in. Let me change my record here, you know, instead of... Yeah. Or let me put... So the let, homeowner could be the one to try and yeah. mess it up, or you go on the internet and you buy something that, that reverses your meter ro- yeah. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, or you have, could have a neighbor from hell who's growing pot. <laughs> and, and they don't share. And then they hook you. into <laughs> they hook into your meter, right? Right. They and hook then... in your meter, and you're hooked into theirs. And wow, the the uh, DEA they show up one day, and they say, <laughs> "Where's the bot?" So I think I think the the moral of this story, which is very interesting, is that these things that we're talking about are probably not happening today. But they will happen. Yes. And it's, you know, like the law of privacy, right? If something bad could happen, it will happen. <laughs> yeah, right. And this is a definitely information of great value. So I think we need to design these systems better. And right now, we're, we're, we're looking at a potential train wreck, especially the security and privacy issues. The security is just so poor that it's going to lead to potential data loss, I think. And you would think that, you know, are these smart meters, they're outside your home, right? Oh, yeah. As opposed to inside your home. Yep. Whereas I would think that if they're so easy to break into, um, you might want to have it inside your home as as a protection as well. Well, I have bad news for you because even where it's located, say it's inside the house, it's a wireless connectivity. Oh, right. Bluetooth, yeah. Yeah, you just could be driving your little car as the the cyber bad guy, and I could say, I'm going to just turn off that guy's utility, or I'm going to spike it, or I'm going to change it. So, I mean, in theory, if it's not a well-managed, well-controlled device, it will be accessible by all sorts of weirdos, not just the terrorist or the criminal, but it could even even mistakes, common mistakes can be made that could cost consumers... So, so what, what was the conclusion? The clu- conclusion basically is that you have to address these privacy yep. issues right now from the get-go and address what are you going to do. God forbid if something happens, what sure. are you going to do? Well, I think there are really two issues. One issue is we have a privacy nightmare in our hands, and we can fix it by building in better technologies and better controls. But even before we do that, we should start educating people. Yes. First, we should let them know what they've just, um, you know, now what they have. Maybe not what they've agreed to, but this is what they now have to deal with. And they don't have a choice about that. They don't. Look, California has a law that the smart meter will replace the clunky meter. Right. And I think it's being phased in over time, right? But you don't have a choice. It will happen. And you don't even know what it means to have that smart meter. Now, most people are going to say, I don't care, until they become a, 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 a victim yeah. of some problem. Yeah. Right. But but I think the, the utility, is, they're, they're, they're completely 
um, silent about this issue. They're not even educating and trying to explain to people the benefits. They're just installing it. And Isn't think, that why there was a big problem in Northern California because oh, yeah. of that? Absolutely. But so the moral of that that story then is why not educate people? Why not spend a little bit of these these resources to explain to people why it's important, what they can do to protect themselves? Because a lot of it might be, um, you know, consumers can take control and they can do things. Maybe they they would be willing to spend five dollars mm-hmm. to have a better meeting. So these kinds of things could be discussed. I don't see any utility doing this or doing it effectively. Right. So, you know, if we talk about privacy as the right to control your information, you, you right now, the way it's going, until they really implement some changes, you're not going to have any right to control that. You're not going to have any right. It's it basically what will likely happen unless something, the big change occurs. You know, I hate to say tsunami, but given what happened <laughs> yeah. today. Oh, but, but a big change. I think we're going to see... Um, the smart meters becoming smarter about the pli- appliances you have. This will be information sold to the manufacturers of these devices, and so they'll they will get information about the device. And when problems occur, warranty-related problems, they'll know whether it's caused by a bad device or a bad user. So it will affect people. Mm. Then that information and will it might prob- might invalidate your warranty. It will invalidate warranties in some cases. Um, it's a little bit about like the black box in an automobile, and so you yes. then get into an accident. Aha! You were driving. You you did you did yeah. it. It was your fault. Right. It was Lloyd's right. fault. It wasn't right. my fault. <laughs> but but I think what what we're going to start to see are those kinds of issues. Mm. Then we're going to start to see information connected, like you use these devices, and this is what we know about your internet habits and the common of these two might be valuable to marketers um, and researchers. Not that research is ever bad. We do a no. lot of research, no, but you still do research. there's yeah. marketing research that might be annoying to people. So I think we're going to start to see that kind of issue where now we will see treasure troves of, of real rich data that includes energy consumption. And you'll say, well, how did it get there? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, you know, you didn't you signed the waiver. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't because you didn't understand it. You didn't understand it. Or you didn't sign anything, but who cares? You know, <laughs> <you're> <laughs> you, you, you want thing, electric? Yeah, that's you your want, choice. You, you, if you yes, want right. electric, you've you got to do this. You want to live in a, in a, in a hole? in the ground that's your choice but <laughs> well i think we should do a documentary or something so I, that people I can do. see on on tv like okay yeah. the, all the benefits which you know there are wonderful benefits we're not going to hold back technology but to put into the architecture mm-hmm. of that technology all the safeguards so people are protected makes yeah. sense to me well, i think it's a michael moore movie what do you think we should contact old mike. michael moore hey mike <laughs> no i think i think we need more something more like you know history Channel or Discovery Channel, something that's that's a little yeah. bit less, you know, just biased. The fa- just the facts. Yeah, the facts of what are these concerns yeah. and, and what should be done about it. Yeah, I agree. And and if Michael Moore is in the audience, I'm sorry for <laughs> for the blasphemy of, but I but I do think that it is an important issue, and I think that a, a documentary, things that get the public to understand, understand, pay attention to it, it's important. Right. It's it's interesting when um, have you been talking to any of these companies? Yes. that are doing this and and what are I mean I know that Anne's been talking to them in in Canada and she actually is going to be talking to somebody in Southern California she was Great. telling us which is very exciting yeah we we um, well we do a cost of data breach study every year and we just right. released our latest and greatest cost of data breach yes and one of the companies in that 
list of 51 that were in the, uh, the data breach category. I'm trying yes. to be careful not to mention the name of yeah, the company. Don't. But basically, they had a uh, they were a utility, and they had their first data breach. And it's interesting, in our studies, historically, we've never seen a utility. Now, either they don't have data breach, data breaches, or they have data breaches, but they weren't smart enough to know they had a data yeah. breach. But this organization definitely did, and I think they got new religion as so a So was there a data it. breach about their employees, or was it about... Customer information. It was customer yep. information. And it was, and it was customer... And their billing, from, they got from the billing and, department, and, financial and, and, stuff? And, right, but thank goodness for PCI DSS. They were doing a PCI DSS audit. And they and saw... And in the process of the audit, they discovered the fact that this information was long gone. And it was, again, a malicious employee scenario, so... It was malicious. Yeah. So just think about that with a dirty employee with a smart grid. Absolutely. So so anyway, the, 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 the good thing, it's a good thing in some cases when you see companies that have been remiss, they get this new religion. And we're starting to see other utility companies contacting our organization because they're trying to improve the their, their, their state of privacy. So I think over time we'll see utilities. Yeah, playing at a at a higher level. Larry, what about if you know, un, like we have everything on the smart grid? You're talking yep. about having gas, electric, all sorts of utilities, water, water yeah. everything on there. Wouldn't that be a wonderful target for terrorists? Yeah, and that's the security issue that we talked yeah. about, right? So we have yeah. the privacy problems, and they abound. They're big, but security could be a nightmare. Critical infrastructure is a major focus of our cybersecurity strategy, the U.S. Right. government, mm -hmm. and Howard Schmidt, who's a fellow of our institute, your distinguished fellow of our institute, but basically he is at the cybersecurities are, and I heard him speak at a recent meeting that I attended, and he talked a little bit about the utilities, you know, and, and water, gas, not just electric utilities, is having to move from the C level to the A level pretty quickly, yes, because yes. many of these companies are just playing at the C level. They have good security, but not great security, and mm -hmm. they have to have outstanding security in order to prevent at some point in time a bad guy, a terrorist, from attacking us through these um, insecure networks. And and I don't know if you would know this, but would they be able to isolate certain areas and turn and keep those a away from the rest of them? Like if you have the smart grid for the entire country, would they be right. able to isolate those things? Or was everything, if New York City goes out, we all go out? I yeah, mean, that, the problem is it's more like the scenario when New York City goes out, we're going to see a whole region of, a, of the country out. Um, and basically it could be all connected so you can bring down a grid potentially for mm -hmm. the whole U.S. Um, or for even more than one country. So it has huge, monstrous implications, and that's why it's not just privacy by design, which is a big issue, but security, security by, by design. design. And, when you, and when you look at the smart meter as a starting point, because that's like the door to the network, mm -hmm. and if it's not secure, it's a disaster, right? That, that's what, and what the terrorists will know is I'll know that, hey, if I want to get in, I'm going to choose the, the door without the lock, and that's going to be the really cheap smart meters. Right. Go to the least common denominator, yeah. right? Yep. Or, or to the human or to the dirty employee. It might be a combination strategy. But I, I definitely think that that is another issue. And But the good news, Howard Schmidt is a great guy, and there are lots of people in the security space that are really sensitive to this issue. They're starting to focus on it. But the problem is it's a time game. 
I was just going to say, if they're starting to focus on it and the and the smart grid is ahead of it, it's, again, this technology is ahead of the security and the privacy, and that's yeah. coming afterward. It seems like, unfortunately, that's the pattern. It used to be a catch-up of maybe like eight or nine months. Like, for mm-hmm. example, the bad guy would do something really awful. There would be a signature to that bad guy. I'm talking about a cyber attack. And then Symantec or McAfee would fix it. And it would take, you know, a couple of days to a couple of weeks to mm-hmm. months. Um, now that gap could be years because the bad guys are getting so sophisticated. So the attack vector that is being built today, maybe in countries like, I don't know, China or some other part of the world, will hit us. And we're not even going to know it, about it mm-hmm. and how to have, the, uh, have a method for mitigating it or reducing the risk. So that's what we have to build. These to, these networks with great security. Right. Otherwise, we're it doesn't even up. have to be a big country like China. It could be a little country oh. that doesn't like us. You know, that's the thing that's so scary with something like this. Yeah. You get a, a brilliant hacker who can do all these things. And yeah, it could be a, it could be Al Qaeda. It doesn't have to be a country, right. a nation state. Right. Yeah, right. but it'll be a bad guy. So we have to an, end on a on a positive note we here. <laughs> Now that we've scared our audience to death like you did. I know. So what's the good news then, Larry? (laughs) Is there any? The the good news is that um, we... We're friends. We're friends. (laughs) Definitely. That's A number one. And we're going to see the capital steps tonight. And we're going to laugh, yes. But I think the good news is that there are technologies that are getting better. There are smart people that are now focused on the privacy and the security issues of the smart grid. And I think that it's going to become a very, very big priority for the country. So, you know, maybe things won't be as bad as I think they are. Uh, But I think uh, we just have to be just a little bit more knowledgeable and conscious. Yes, yeah. and and you know what? I think another good thing is I think it's good that we did this on the show so that we can really help people to understand this. And I yeah. think the other good thing is that you're doing this research oh, and that you're talking you. about it. And I think that's the blessing of all of us oh, is that you. you're around to do this. Well, we love doing studies. We want people to read it. So if you want yes. to see this study, please give us a holler. Okay, and why don't you give your website? Oh, my website is www.poneman.org. P-O-N-E-M-O-N, not Pokemon. Pon- <laughs> And yes, and we also link to your website on our website. So we thank you so much, Larry. We love you always. You always have fascinating research that you do, such high quality stuff. It's incredible. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you so much, much, Mari. Great speaking with you. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.